Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. There's so much more to life. And I think it took me a long time to realize that as an athlete because you think it's the best time in your life. That life is not going to get any better than this current moment. And in reality, it's a small fraction of your entire life. And I think to take away from that, it's like, what can we do to bottle up that feeling of it being the most greatest part in your life and figuring out how you can do that again? Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Welcome to another episode of The Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation with my guest. Um, but first, before we dive into that, I want to thank everyone for once again tuning in to The Shark Effect, um, getting tons of, of, of inquiries, I'm going to say inquiries, but emails or DMs um, messaging about how this 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 podcast is affecting them and how it's given them useful tools to help them uh, transition, whether it's out of sport or, you know, from one job to another, giving them leadership tools. And it's not just about cliches, but it's, you know, giving them actionable steps to become a better influencer. So I want to take that time to, to thank them, to thank my folks, and to make sure that you you subscribe, you can leave a rating, and you can share it. 
this episode and in any of the other episodes with within if your friends and family. So I want to get that out there now. But now my guest is Dr. Dr. Sarah Lepe. Did I say that right? Lepe. Yep. Lepe. Oh, I like that. Dr. Sarah Lepe. And she's the founder of Rebranded Athlete LLC. And she's a former Division I athlete. Um, she knows all about the challenges that athletes face, you know, when they leave the game. So me and her, we, we really have a, a similar background in terms of, like, having um, a, a passion for helping uh, athletes transition. Um, but she's been doing it for over a decade. Um, she has a, a really cool story. I'm not going to steal away from her, but in, in educational leadership, she has a ton of experience being in the classroom as, as a teacher and on-site as a school administrator. Um, she's an author. She has her own wonderful podcast. You guys got to check it out. Um, I was I was actually a, a guest on it. Um, and and yeah, I just wanted, let's just go, two times author. I'm, I'm sorry, it's two time author. So you got me beat by one. <laughs> but, but thank you once again. Thank you, Dr. Lepe, for, for joining me on my podcast. Um, can you do me a favor and just kind of give us a little bit of a, a, a brief, like, um, I want to say synopsis, but, you know, of your, of your journey, where you are now, because, uh, you know, I know when you, when you, when you was playing sports, there was some terp, a, a type of character that you had to become, and how did how was that like transitioning out of your sport and all the relationships and the other things that you had to do to get you to, to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Alex, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I know you and I met a little while ago and we just hit it off right away. And you were such a wonderful guest on my podcast. I couldn't wait to come on here as well, too. But, um, you know, as far as my background, um, I'm a kid from Southern California. I grew up around sports. Um, I started volleyball at the age of eight and that was a big influence uh, with my my aunt who was a volleyball coach at a local high school so I was always around the game and I couldn't wait to play so when I was eight years old there was a league and that really started my journey um, and at the time I didn't know what an impact that game was going to have on me so um, I wasn't the greatest kid uh, athletic wise just starting off I kind of developed into um, you know being good at the sport and into my own body by the time I was in middle school and that's when I started to actually get recruited in um, in eighth grade I remember my dad was at a volleyball tournament up in uh, Northern California and that was the first time that I was around college coaches and I really didn't even think that you know there was more to this sport than just playing in the moment and at the time. So I'm very fortunate that I had a very supportive family and, you know, going through the process, I was looked at by top universities, uh, Pacific University, UC Irvine, Texas, Hawaii, all these top named schools that I really had the pick of where I wanted to go and where I wanted to be. So going into high school, um, I was also part of a volleyball team there that really, um, was not the top caliber in the conference coming in. And by the time I was a sophomore, we had won the 
championship, league championship, and every year afterwards, consecutively, 13 championships uh, Oxnard High School had won. So I'm glad to be part of that first upbringing with that program. And I, I bring that up because I do have quite a bit of an underdog mentality, and that's you'll see that in full today, you know, as, as we talk more about my story. Um, but anyhow, going on to, you know, where I was going to play, like I said, I had top picks of universities, but I went to Cal State Fullerton on a recruiting trip and immediately fell in love, um, not only with the campus and coaching staff, but in particular, the girls that I played with. And again, same similar situation like high school, going into Cal State Fullerton, they were in a big competitive conference for volleyball anyways, the Big West Conference, you're playing against Long Beach State, girls who had gone on to play in the Olympics and so forth, and Cal State Fullerton was bottom of the conference, me going in into uh, Cal State Fullerton. So by the time I finished as a senior, we were mid-conference, and two years later, Cal State Fullerton ended up winning the Big West Championship. So again, that underdog mentality, kind of part of that building process. And I went into college wanting to uh, major in kinesiology because I wanted to be around sports, but I blew out my knee my freshman year in college and I spent a lot of time in the training room and figured out that being an athletic trainer was actually something I didn't want to do. <laughs> so I went back to plan B, which was education. I, I come from a family of educators. My aunt was, as you know, I had told you she was a, a, a coach for a high school. She was also a principal and so was my dad. So it really wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't too far off that I was actually going to go into education myself. And so as I began my transition, out of Cal State Fullerton into what was next. I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I knew what I needed to do, but what I wasn't prepared for was losing something that I had done for 14 years, which was play volleyball. I was Sarah, the volleyball player, and now I was just Sarah without the sport any longer. And so that was a really dark time for me. Um, it took me about six years to finally even get into my profession and, and to get my own classroom. I had a couple of hiccups there as well too. The, the very last semester of my senior year in college, uh, again, I was a fifth year senior because I had redshirted. So that last semester, I really began to feel that disconnect between me and the team. And I started going out, partying, you know, doing everything else but focusing on my studies. So I ended up with a C minus in one of my major coursework classes, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But a couple weeks after I had moved back home, after I had gone through the whole pomp and circumstance, had a you know great party with my family to celebrate, I go to the mailbox. I'm, I'm now living back at my parents' house because I couldn't afford to live on my own. And I go to the mailbox, and what I'm expecting to get in the mail is a transcript, you know, my official transcript. And instead, I have this letter that says, we're sorry to inform you, but you technically didn't graduate because of that C minus in that class I had everything stripped away from me. So at that point in time, I, I felt like a loser because I had already spent that extra year in a jersey. I saw all my high school friends going off to grad school. Some of them were getting married, you know, having kids, all this kind of stuff. And like here I was, like I didn't even have the opportunity to finish what I wanted to do in college. And so as you can imagine, that kind of set me on a spiral a little bit. Um, it became a dark time because, again, you know, I, I didn't have volleyball, I didn't have a degree, and my plan of going to the teaching credential program was going to be on hold. So 
make a long story short, I ended up going to bartending school, and it was probably the best thing I've ever done for myself, not just because, you know, I'm like the person, the go-to person at all parties and events now, but <laughs> because that job actually gave me a big sense of self-worth, and it allowed me to climb out of that hole that I had, and it gave me purpose, and it allowed me to see that me as an athlete, I brought something different to the table. You know, even, even in a position working at a hotel, restaurant, and bar, I was seeing already that I was different. And once I finally did get into the classroom, my own classroom six years later, I saw very quickly right away that I was very different from everyone else. And it wasn't just because I was the tall girl that looked athletic and you know used to play sports at some time in her life, but I had a different mindset and I wanted to you know, leave things better than, than I found it. And I wanted to push my students and my colleagues around me to better themselves just like I did on the court. Mm, yeah, that's, so that's a beautiful that a little of the background <laughs> that's that's beautiful and you know when i when i listen to you and i'm you know i'm thinking about so many of the of the uh, not just athletes but anybody who's been doing something for a long time who's had success and they're transitioning away from whatever that is and because they've been doing it for so long, what tends to happen is it becomes part of who they are. It becomes their identity. Whether if you're working, you know, I, I coach executives, you know, and with some, it was at Fortune 500 companies, and they, when they're transitioning out, sometimes it's they want to, and other times they're forced to, and they leave, and they they are stuck not knowing what their who they are what their purpose is what their identity is and so i'm interested to hear like how do you help out with you know some of your clients transition you know whether they're athletes or or not athletes but how do you help them transition to first like finding out their identity and number one like how do you define identity and then how do you help them transition out of of, of whatever that was? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first and foremost, getting to know who you are besides, you know, Sarah, the volleyball player, I'll use myself for an example. Like that's what I only identified with. So when you have that stripped away from you, you begin to wonder what is my purpose, you know, and getting to your purpose, what I work on with my clients a lot, it's core values. And I think that you know, as athletes, we get shaped a lot because of our sports. You know, it teaches us, you know, discipline in certain aspects and things that, you know, um, allow us to have values in what we do day in and day out. But our core values change, you know, as we go through the course of our life. So just because, you know, I had a certain set of core values when I was, you know, 22-year-old Sarah doesn't mean, you know, I have the same set of values exactly as 38-year-old Sarah. So it's just... It's a matter of, I think we evolve over time and having those core values allows you to really have a GPS system and it eliminates um, things in your life that are not aligned with you. And so when you don't have that, you know, that big thing that you identify with, you try very desperately to fix on to things, you know, and try to like, oh, do I fit here? Oh, do I fit there? You know, that type of thing. And I, I think without really knowing yourself, it's very hard to know what you do like and what you don't like. So that's, that's a big thing I work on with my clients, because once you establish what your core values are, 
you can then begin to align things in your life, whether it's career type things, you know, things that you want to do with your career, whether it's, you know, your family, um, the goals that you have, because once you have that alignment, it, it allows you to get really um, laser focused on what you want and set goals. And being athletes, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that I could say that I stood out a lot compared to my other colleagues is because I've always been super goal oriented. And I think that is attributed to the time I was as an athlete, because we'd set goals, we'd hit them or we didn't hit them, we'd adjust and then we keep going, you know, and some people just show up every day and they don't really show up with purpose. You know, mm. when you have purpose, you, you can really begin to make headway and begin to strive and, and become successful. And I think that's why sometimes people look at, you know, certain people, especially those who have an athletic background. And it's like, man, why are they achieving so much? Or why are they striving or working so hard? It's because that's just how we're wired, you know, and it, and I think, uh, first and foremost, I think that athletes are the ones that have the ability to change the world as long as we get them where they need to be in life after sports. And the transition piece is huge because the skill set that we have that we've learned on the court, the field, the pool, wherever you played, you can't, you can't teach that in a textbook. You can't take a course on that. Like you have to have that real experience on playing in that sport because it's actually teaching you those life lessons ahead of time. And so navigating after that transition, you're just wondering, okay, where do I fit? You know, who, who, who understands, you know, th these values that I, that I come with? And what's difficult is that most of us didn't even have time for a, a internship or a little job or anything like that. So what, what the frustrating part is for athletes, we go to get a job and we're talking all these things that we do with our sport, but we're not really talking the skill set that transfers over. And one of the big things that I've also developed with my clients and the whole concept of being a rebranded athlete is because I was really tired of the term former athlete, retired athlete, because to me that sounds like it's in the past. You know, it's, it's dead. It's no longer you. And I, I don't believe that's what happens when we're done with our sport. I think that we take those life skills, those lessons that we've learned, and we repurpose it. We rebrand ourselves into something new, and we're still always going to be that athlete, no matter what. I, I mean, you know, I think, I think even times now, too, even with my husband, you know, like, we're both athletes, and we're competitive. Like, that's just second nature who we are. So even, like, doing the dishes, house, housework, like, there's that competitiveness to us. Like, that's always going to be there, but it's finding a way to repurpose that into something else and whether you take that into a career or you you know establish your own business whatever it's going to be you're going to be able to find a way to have that same drive and capacity you did as an athlete and what I want to work on with my clients is finding something that lights them up as much as the game did because I think that's important too you want to be able to get up every single day and want to go and do what you are meant to do here on this earth Love that. You know, and that's one of the things that really, um, you know, I look at my life and when I stopped playing football and even though like, you know, I had money in the bank and things was 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 great. It's like, man, waking up, not having like that same or not even close to that passion 
Like what's next? Like what type of impact do I have? Do, do I want to have? I think that's that's really big, and I mean that's 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 great that that you're doing what aligns to to who you are. And so I I, I want to talk about like how do, how do you how do you go about like rebranding yourself? And you know whether you're an athlete or or someone else, like what are these different steps that we need to take to rebrand ourselves? Well, I think you know, not just the transition out of athletics, but there's other times in our life that we're going to have to transition. So I think first of all, being able to go through the process, I I see the transition is very similar to the grief process, because if you don't deal with it at the time that it's happening, it's going to show up in other ways in your life and later on down the road. So I think number one, having that established. The other thing is trying things, you know, and I think we get so caught up in our comfort zone and only what we know. Like, for example, my story, I wanted to be a a kinesiology major and I erred back on the side of caution when that wasn't, you know, the route that it was going to go. Going back to my comfort zone, which was I was always around education with my family. So that's all I knew. I didn't, you know, take the time to really explore other avenues and not that you know I have zero regrets of you know the path I went down because I you know loved everything about it but at the same time I didn't really allow myself to be exposed to trying new things and I think part of that as we transition away we were so good at our respective sports that picking something else up we feel like we're the novice or we're the beginner right and we got to start from scratch and we got to you know work our way up like we did as as we were as athletes so i think really honing in on that as well and get, number one getting clear about who you are we talked about that with core values dealing with that transition and trying new things and what I didn't have during my transition was a community. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have people around me who were going through the same thing. And yes, I'm sure my teammates at the time were probably going through it as well too. But at that moment, I felt like I was the only one, like there was something wrong with me, you know, because I was the only one having these feelings about, you know, this loss and I just couldn't put my finger on it. So surrounding yourself with with people who are like-minded and going through the same type of thing will uplift you and give you that support as well. And I, I think that's what I love about this, um, you know, this space and even, you know, the podcast and the work that you're doing too, Alex, is like there are so many people that need this, so many athletes out there. And this was not something when I transitioned away, you know, 15 plus years ago, this was unheard of you know, to, to even have this type of support for athletes. And imagine what we can do now with athletes, now that they have these supports in place that we all wish that we would have had. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's one of those deals that nobody really talks about, you know, that everybody is just with the, you know, whatever sport is they, they have this certain skill and, unlike other, you know, areas like, man, that skill will start to taper off. And then now we have to deal with, especially if you've been doing something to have success and you have, you know, this, this, um, this platform, but what do you say to those folks who, um, those parents, what do you caution them about? Because it's always, you know, driving, driving and trying to be the best athlete the best basketball player the best football player baseball 
volleyball, whatever, what happens when they just focus on that ability and they don't focus on the character that they want their kids to to have? I'm interested to hear like what are the you know, what are some of the warnings that you can be able to see or how can you help those parents who are just or what would you say to them that they just focus on their son or daughter getting that scholarship or getting that quote unquote bag? What do you yeah. well, yeah. what do you warn well, them even, on? Yeah, even think about it. I mean, my experience as well too. I mean, the sport of volleyball could have very easily been taken away from me that freshman year in college, you know. So it's like what would what are you who are you going to be without your sport that's basically what it comes down to because you know the, there are things that are out of our control my injury my acl injury was something i was not expecting you know and it's something i was very fortunate that i was able to bounce back from that but i think that was my first taste at the time and i didn't know it of what the transition out of athletics was going to be like because you know, you can, we can want to be the most elite athlete in the world, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it really does come down to your character and who you are as a person, you know, cause I don't, I don't care if, you know, you, you have the best, you know, best record, you know, as an athlete, if you are not that whole person, you know, that, that's what really makes up, I think in my mind, a true athlete is it's more than just the stats. It's, you know, who you are as a person, what you stand for. Um, what types of things you give back to the community as far as just, you know, your, even just your time, you know, different things, different ways of showing the next generation, you know, what they can amount to and what they can become and, and always wanting, wanting the, the next generation to be better than the current generation. That's how it should be. You know, we should be helping each other along the way. And as far as getting, you know, caught up in, in just, you know, the numbers, there, there's so much more to life. And I think it took me a long time to realize that as an athlete because you think it's the best time in your life, that life is not going to get any better than this current moment. And in reality, it's a small fraction of your entire life. And I think to take away from that, it's like, what can we do to bottle up that feeling of it being the most greatest part in your life and figuring out how you can do that again with something else in another another time period in your life because I see life also as being different seasons you know and I, I'm not the type of person obviously you know I was a school teacher a principal all this stuff for you know about 12 years or so and I've moved on to a different career I think there's different seasons in our life that we are you know accustomed to evolve into as well and and if you have like we talked about those core values you know there it's gonna evolve over time and and in my book being a better person is way better than having you know the the best stats out there <laughs> agreed i love that and so you know i want to parlay what you're talking about like right you were you were in uh, in the classroom or as an administrator and it, what was that what was that moment or what was that journey like you're transitioning from that world to what you're doing now? Like, was there, was it like one day something happened or you just kind of like, you know what? I feel my path is meant to go this way. 
Can you talk yeah, a little so, bit about that? Sure. I feel like I've always had like gentle whispers from the universe <laughs> in some in some kind of fashion. Even the first day in my classroom as a teacher, I still remember that first week I was like, okay, I, I'm glad I'm here, but how can I make a, an impact on an even bigger level? Like, and that's first year teaching, you know, when I should just be focused on teaching. I was like, how can I be a leader here even more? And so within the the next few years, you know, I took on more type of responsibility as a lead teacher on campus. And then I saw the need and I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and become an administrator so I can help out even more. Same thing. When I was an assistant principal for a few years, I saw that I could make an even bigger impact if I became a principal. And I did that for a few years as well. Um, for me, so I spent uh, five years as a, as a classroom teacher and six years as an administrator. And before that, there was <laughs> I was trying to you know get jobs here and there, but it was during the recession, so it was very difficult. But um, as I wanted to better myself, I decided to go back to school. I have like probably every degree you can imagine. I have so maybe this was me making up <laughs> for lost time after them telling me that I couldn't have that one degree. So I have a bachelor's degree two master's degrees, and I also have a doctorate degree as well. And so when I was um, finishing up my doctoral dissertation, I was focusing on athletes and how they perform um, academically compared to non-athletes. And that's really what kind of sparked my whole journey back to where I had come. And not so much just because I was an athlete, but the mere fact that I've moved up the ranks very quickly. I, I spent the minimum amount of time as a classroom teacher. You need to have five years before becoming an administrator. And it's very rare that you see a, a quote unquote young principal like me. You know, people thought I was the counselor. They thought I was, uh, you know, the, the, the yard supervisor, everything but the principal, which is pretty funny. Um, but when I was doing that dissertation, that's really what sparked Rebranded Athlete at the time. And I went back to where I struggled the most and it was during my transition when I didn't have support. So I started to research and see that this was something very new. And this was about 2019, uh, right before the pandemic had, had happened. And then once the pandemic happened, uh, you know, it's like, for me, it was a blessing in disguise because I had been so on the go with everything just, you know, between working 12 hours as a principal, finishing my doctorate degree, all that type of stuff. And it really gave me an opportunity to slow down get to know my myself and really um, recalibrate my core values. And so with that, I was able to then decide, you know what, I think this is something I really want to discover more because there's such a need for this and there's not enough of us out there doing this. So within the next year, I still continued to play principal and in the back of my mind, knowing that I wanted to serve now at a different capacity. Even though you know I, I enjoyed what I was doing as a principal, there was just something that was calling me to do this type of work at this moment in time. Yeah. Mm. And like, what is something that, how did you get to your core values? What, like, what questions did you ask yourself or your, your clients? Like, how do you get to, to those core values? Is there a certain number? Is it, is it, um, you know, how do you get to that? Yeah. So one of the things I do with my clients, I have a list of uh, about 200 different core values to kind of overview and look at, but you kind of want to look at 
first of all, different areas of, of your life um, and what you stand for. You know, for me, I had always, um, I was always team oriented. And if you ask anybody in the school systems, that's what I was known for, <laughs> the school sites I was at. Um, we did everything as a team, you know, and I, there was no job too small for me. You know, I, I really believe in, um, you know, teams being able to come together and, and everybody filling in at any given point in time. So finding things that align with you, whether it's, you know, so you kind of ask yourself, you know, what, what do I value when it comes to family? What do I value when it comes to my professional career or life? And what do I value in my personal life? And so looking at those, really looking at the big three. I think, I think sometimes people choose, you know, five or more, and sometimes that can become overwhelming because when we have too many things to focus on, it's really hard to narrow in that focus. So looking at that list of 200, I have them narrow it down to like their top 20, which ones that stuck out. And then some core values, they actually are the same. They mean the same thing. It's just a different word. So then we categorize mm -hmm. them. And then from there, I have them narrow it down to their top 10. And then from there, they, they go to either their top five or top three is what I really, um, <laughs> what I really emphasize for people to do. Because it's, it's hard for us, even when you have goals, to focus on more than three things at a time. Yeah. yeah less yeah. is more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. So how do you define leadership? Because... You know, I didn't really look at it. I didn't really understood it. You know, people would say that, you know, from different stages of your life, right? In high school, people would say that I was a leader. And I was, I'm not really a leader. Just because I was the best athlete, you know, mm -hmm. typically in youth sports or even in high school, you're a good athlete, you're a leader. And so, so it was, it was kind of strange that, you know, when, when you look at leadership and especially, you know, with sports, like you have people in positions of leadership, but yet they don't really know how to lead. And I've seen it at the highest level of professional sports. And so it that's what it, it caused me to do my own research and really boil leadership down. And so I'm interested to hear like you, like, you know, what is leadership and how do you use it? on a, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I've definitely, um, you know, I've, I've never liked the top-down approach, like, ever. And I think that's, you know, that comes from me being an athlete. I was team captain for a long time, but I never saw myself, like, higher than anybody else. I've always seen myself as an equal no matter what. And that, for me, as I began to become a leader within my career field, I really began to hone in on relationships. I think relationships are key to being a leader um, because not knowing who, who your players are, you don't really know what the capacity can be for the overall team. And so I think getting to know people outside of, you know, just the work industry, really understanding more about them can help you as a leader because it allows people to really have that human element. And I've seen it myself. I have experienced it in, you know, different capacities where I've, you know, been under leaders who didn't care, you know, to get to know me, you know, as, as one of their team players or key players as well. And it's, it's disheartening, you know, because you have people that show up every day and really care about what they do. 
but in return, you don't feel that, you know, even from the person who's supposed to be leading you. And so with that, I also think one of the big components as well, too, is leading by example, you know, and not just saying like, hey, you know, you need to go and do this. Just like I was as a school site principal, I was not in my office <laughs> ever. <laughs> I was always out and about. Um, you know, helping out wherever I could in the morning. I was crossing kids in the crosswalk. If there was a spill that needed to be cleaned up, I was mopping, sweeping, like whatever we needed to do to make sure that the site was successful. And in turn, it, it's very interesting because, you know, when I finally made the announcement, and, and it was very hard for me, you know, to, to transition away from that job because, you know, I had also built myself up with that in a great team. I left a a phenomenal team behind that I know I had a big influence on. But the the great part as I was departing is, you know, what people told me um, about my leadership, you know, and, and I don't think we ever give ourselves, you know, enough time to really sit back and reflect on it. But a lot of people told me, you know, how much they knew that I cared, you know, even though you know, people don't tell you this all the time, like people genuinely knew like I was there and that I was going to be supporting them no matter what, um, any, any type of things that come up in their life. And I think that's where some leadership aspects get lost is because sometimes we forget about that human element, you know, and at the end of the day, people are human and things happen and we need to find a way to kind of help each other out. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think just, you know, in the leadership capacity and arena, just, you know, leading by example, rolling your sleeves up and and not having that top down approach, you know, be yeah. work side by side with people. <laughs> I love that. And and so I man. So what you're talking about is I, I, I boil it down and like that. That's character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like that's who you are. That's right. that's character. So that says a lot about your character, which is an influencer of why somebody's going to follow you. One of the other things that you talked about is relationships, and which is a huge influencer. But the most powerful, most powerful influencer that we, uh, we've already talked about is is relationships. But the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. So understanding, like getting to know yourself, getting to know how you tick, get to know your identity. You know, what are you going to what are you going to set your life upon? What do you value? I think those things are big reasons of why you, you're you know, so so successful in any area, whether it's in sports, whether it's in, you know, uh, uh, a, uh, administ- a school administrator or what you're doing now. So um, that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm, I'm so happy that you're you're doing um, what you are supposed to be to doing, you know, it's, 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 that's you. refreshing. So let me ask you, like, what is, what is, you know, it's, it's called the shark effect. And I, I tell my story about, um, why I came up with the name, but you know, what, what motivates you? Cause there was a time when I was motivated and I still am, but I was motivated on the football field. And because there was the young, a young a younger me trying to come take my job. <laughs> and that was the, he was the shark in my, in my fish tank. And so he caused me to, to, to move. And I'm interested to hear like, what has been the biggest shark effect in your world? Yeah, 
I would say definitely currently right now is I love I love working with people, <clears throat> number one, you know, but being able to work mm -hmm. with athletes right now and I see it almost like, you know, the younger version of me, you know, like I, I want to be the coach that I didn't have during my transition and not only helping athletes, but getting them to where they need to be, because there are so many things in this world right now, um, especially with as crazy as it is, you know, we need people with leadership ability, with those type of skills, the, the skill set that athletes have to, you know, become the change leaders whatever industry it's going to be, whether you go into a corporate setting, whether you become an entrepreneur and create brand new things and, you know, bring that out into the world. I think right now what's really lighting my fire <laughs> or having the shark behind me is, you know, being in the position that I can help support people do what they were meant to do on this earth besides their sport. You know, you're like we talked about, you're always going to have that that athlete within you. But there is something so much better waiting for you on the other side of that transition. And I, I know for a lot of athletes, it's hard to believe at the time because you think that that's the best best time of your life. But it is just one season of what's to come for you in the years ahead. Yeah. So that, that's Love what that. lights me up. <laughs> Love that. Dr. Sarah, can you talk a little bit about your rebranded Athlete Academy? I know it's a, you know you have a a signature coaching program, so I wanna I wanna you know kind of highlight that. Yeah. How does that look? Absolutely. So I'm actually getting ready to uh, revamp and do another launch here for springtime because I know there's gonna be a lot of athletes who are finishing up their sports. But basically, what it is is a six week program to basically help jumpstart you in your transition to get you going in the right direction and not get stuck or feel like you're lost, because that's what I felt like during my transition myself. So I developed a rebranded athlete game plan that basically walks you through um, your potential as an athlete, what are the skill sets, your innate skills that you come with, you know, things that are natural. And we, we go forward into creating a path for you. So we make an action plan as far as figuring out what your core values are, who you stand for, and essentially who you are without your sport, because it does take some time to do some soul searching within that manner and set yourself up for success by having an action plan to actually meet those goals. Um, the other part about it too is, uh, I don't know about you, Alex, but when I was done, I felt like I had to be in the gym for about three hours every day for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, goodness. Yes. Right. <laughs> so crazy. So how, how do you transition and how do you adapt to life after being an elite athlete? You know, cause it, as, as great as it would be to go to the gym and work out three hours a day, it's just not a reality for uh, life. after. We are creatures of habit. Athletic. We are creatures right. of habit. <laughs> yeah. So we also touch on those habits as well, too, and um, do a lot of reflection, because I think that's that's a big key part that I didn't do as well, was reflecting on what I did as an athlete and how I can use it in this next season of my life and learning how those skill sets that you have transfer over. We talk about transferable skill sets, getting you ready if you're gonna go in, uh, in an interview because you may think you have a blank resume and in fact, you should have a full resume with all the skill yeah. sets that you have. You just need to know how to talk it up when you go into those meetings. So absolutely, I will be re yeah, I'll be re revamping that. So there'll be more information coming out soon for that. You can visit uh, rebrandedathlete.com and uh, I'm very active on Instagram. So 
Uh, every Wednesday night, I go live with Josh Copeland. We talk everything life after sports. So feel free to send me a DM on on uh, Instagram. And if you're on LinkedIn as well, um, I also have uh, an account there too. So I'd love to connect with you and see, you know. And we'll put all this on the show notes too. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, so on your website, does it have the, like your book? You have a book. Can, yes, where can we find that at? Where can we find yes, that? That's at? also on my on my website as well. Uh, it's okay. rebrandedathlete.com forward slash books. But if you go right on the website, you'll be able to see it there too. If you order from me directly, you'll get an autographed copy. You can also find it on Amazon as well too if you want to get it sooner. <laughs> but uh, yeah. as a as an author, it's always great to support authors. So I'd love to send you a signed copy as well. And I do have oh, the Rebranded Athlete podcast that comes out on Mondays. And Alex will be a, a guest that will be airing here soon. So you can also hear about his story too. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Well, you know what? This has been great. Thank you, Dr. Sarah. Um, your insights, you know, they, they ring so true. And it just takes me back to like how I got through my journey and it's like man i wish i would have had me a dr sarah when i was transitioning out of sport instead of you know me trying to lean on my own understanding and i didn't understand myself i didn't understand like you know what was what was going to be next what character do i need to take on because i've been a character of being a being an athlete right driven focused hardworking, dedicated great team player but how does that help me when I'm done, when I'm trying to get or find a, another career path or another passion? It's, 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 I'm very happy that you're doing the work that you're doing. And I know you're going to help a lot of folks out. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate that. And, you know, the work that you do as well, too. It, it takes a village. It takes all of us coming together. You know, it's a, it's a big task here, but, um, you know, I'm really hopeful for the future of athletes everywhere. And just know, you guys, that there's tons of us out here to help support you. So don't don't be shy. Reach out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition. What, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, 
recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter, developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes, but I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different, okay? So make sure, check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.